0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. The expressions of your spirit are in this place. Your presence has saturated our our gathering this morning. We give you thanks that we can put these things into words, Lord. and, And we ask for your help to do so. We pray, Father God, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, that it would be a good seed planted in a good heart to give forth good fruit and a harvest that would say you are in this place. We pray for the families that are here gathered, Lord. There's loved ones here that, Father God, need your resurrection life, Lord, not just to celebrate Easter Sunday. They need the impartation of your life, Lord. Father God, that never returns void, Lord. Extend your word over your people today, Lord so that we might see your glory and we might understand what you've invited us to partake with. Bless your word and send it out with the power of depth, Lord, that it would be like a double-edged sword to reach the deep heart of man's spirit today, Lord. And remove every distraction, Lord. Remove everything that steals the word from our hearts and our lives and further destruction to our families and friends and future prosperous in all things as you have promised in your word in jesus name we pray amen Amen. you know i was listening to a friend of mine tell me how his son was having difficulties in believing in god he says dad why in the old testament is god so evil and in the new testament he accepts everybody and there's so much love and so that contradiction shows me that one's not true and either is the other So when people come to conclusions like that, it concerns me because they're not going into the depth of understanding. And 90% of the churches today will be celebrating some Easter bunny giving out these little things um, that you guys might identify as an Easter egg. We're not gonna do that in this place because the depth of what God has for us is much deeper. And God is not gonna fool around either and he won't deal with a people that fools around. God means serious business and he expects serious people to show up. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 12, he says, how long are you guys going to keep on celebrating all these things that don't even concern me? I mean, you see that in Christmas, they celebrate Santa Claus. In Easter, they celebrate the Easter bunny uh, and different holidays and on Thanksgiving. It's no longer about Thanksgiving. It's about the turkey and the food and God is not nowhere to be found. Pilgrims and all this stuff. But God says, I cannot bear... Uh, your worthless gatherings in verse 13 he says when you come to appear before me who who has asked this of you this trampling of my courts verse 12 let's go to verse 12 verse God says why do you show up at my house to throw a party that doesn't celebrate what I've done and showing up at church and seeing an Easter bunny and grabbing an Easter egg has nothing to do with God and God is sitting there saying in Isaiah what are you doing what are you doing this has nothing to do with what I'm, I want my people to know. If you were here on Wednesday night, you would have heard an incredible message on how Christ came to take the worst of our shame. You've got to get a copy of that. You could go online and you, could, you can get a copy of, of how Christ came this Easter week Sunday to bear every embarrassing, shameful aspect of your life. He took it on himself. They stripped him of his clothes. He had to parade through the city of Jerusalem naked to take the most embarrassing and shameful aspects of your life so that you would not be ashamed for anything that you could be proud you could be bold you could lift up your countenance and say i have i owe nothing to humanity i owe nothing to anybody because it went upon jesus he came here for that pur- purpose but here in isaiah he's telling his people i can't stand verse 13 i can't stand anymore Everything you guys are doing, bring no more futile sacrifices. Don't celebrate anymore. I cannot endure the out-of-control nature of your sacred gatherings. Do you know people that go to church for like half hour and forget God the rest of the week? That's what he's talking about. Yesterday I was talking to my sons. They say, Dad, why why isn't so-and-so going to church? I said, I'd rather them not go to church. Because if they're not going to take church seriously, if they're not going to get on step with what God wants for their life, why pretend? Um, what, what a curse it is to have parents who don't bring Jesus home. There was one lady, um, she called me on, on Monday morning, and she wanted to talk to the pastor. And, and she thought that her kids, her grandkids, and incidentally she was raising her grandkids, she thought that her grandkids had, had hung up the phone, and they had not. I was still on the line. And thinking that she had hung up the phone, she gave him a sailor's worth of curse words that I had never heard in my life. You, I was going, no. She was in front of me. She was, oh, hi, brother. How, 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 hallelujah. Man, as soon as her kids, her grandkids acted up and she thought they had hung up on the pastor, the fury of hell came out of her mouth. So we're not supposed to be that type of people, and God never makes and partners with that type of people. Any religious expression that does not express the heart of God is out of whack, and it, God's not going to be a part of it. So he says like this, he says, Hey, if you're not going to do it the way I want to, it's better that you not do it at all. I want to change the world. I want to do big things for my glory. If you're going to be on my team, you've got to express and manifest the excellence of who I am. And make sure that every delivery is is an expression of God. So today, we are not going to just go through a ceremonial understanding of Easter Sunday. And yeah, hallelujah, Easter. We need to know what Easter means. And Easter means that Christ finally put the seal on the fact that he turns all things, including the grave. that's, That's what we celebrate. That the grave, he came back from death three days later. And so in that expression, God wants you to understand. He offers you every day, but today we celebrate the life that Christ offers. And you know something? As I was doing my little research and as I was asking God, God, I only have a a limited amount of time to convey the most compelling scenario and, and, and evidence of what you want the whole world to know, and I start looking up. Could you, can you help me with this? What is the definition of life to you? This is the most simple thing. We're all living, right? Could you check your neighbor? He's still breathing, right? We're all alive, but we don't know what life is. We, we, we're saturated with the potential of incredible expression at levels you guys could not even imagine. You can't even imagine how God is going to blow you up in his life and blow you up, not in the negative context, explosive, but, but just expand you in this regards. If we read John chapter 10, verse 10, this is what Jesus says. He says, there is an enemy out there that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. John 10, 10. But I have come. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life. And not that you have just an ordinary life, guys, Trust me with what I'm telling you. You have no idea what's going to happen to you when you give yourself fully over to God. And he says, I have come that you would have life and have it at large, large levels in expressions you can't even understand. Um, Our downward sentiment, if we're sad about something, it's been the demise, like Paulette said, of her first love. When, When that went crazy, and then she settled for less on the second one, and then that didn't... God doesn't have that for you. He doesn't have a a destructive, you know, life. It's an expression of life at degrees and measures above what we could ever expect. So people have always been looking for life since day one. I don't know if you know, we live in Florida. And Florida is the state where some men years ago came looking for the fountain of youth. And they were looking for that never-ending spring of life. And they didn't know it was in Doral. It's right here. They were looking for something that would be able to give them a potential of life that that is worth all in your life, and that's why I've given everything up because I want the full measure of what God has for me. I've already seen the best and the brightest lawyers. I've already seen the best and the brightest businessmen when they get fed up with their attempt at pursuing life. You know what they do? What did uh, was it Hud Hunter Thompson? He was the editor for the Rolling Stones magazine. I was at a dinner one night about six years ago, and um, this guy was sitting across from me, very wealthy gentleman. He says, oh, Aspen is the life. And so somebody says, yeah, I've been at Aspen, and it's beautiful in the winter. He goes, no, 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 not in the winter. Everybody goes in the winter. If you want the life, the life, you gotta go in the summer. Aspen, Colorado in the summer, oh, what a life. I said, yeah. That's that's the exact time that Hunter Thompson, who was the editor for the Rolling uh, Stones magazine, um, with his two-year-old grandson in the next room, blew his brains out. That's the life. And so that guy got up and left, you know. He says, oh, you killed it. (laughs) Because everybody wants to tell you what is life. And I'm going to tell you, free of charge today, life is Christ. You won't understand it until you... Come into it in that expression. In John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Amen. I, I got it for you. Uh, about six months ago, I was woken up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And this is the downside of being a pastor. God thinks you're on call 24-7. So he wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. He says, I want you to go and tell so-and-so that I have everything he wants in the palm of my hand. He just has to come to me. And so I woke up in the morning, I went over there, I saw the gentleman, he's having breakfast. And I say, hey, um, last night I was like sleeping and the Lord woke me up and um, he told me that he has everything you want in the palm of his hand if you come to him. That guy turned red, he got upset, He, he told me off. He says, if you do this to me one more time, I'm gonna beat you up. You leave me alone, I'm sick and tired of your religion. I'm sick and tired of you talking to me about church. I I just don't want to hear it no more. And I said, you know something? I'm sorry, I have to talk like this. What the heck is wrong with you? I was the one sleeping. (laughs) I should be upset. God is waking me up at 3 o'clock in the morning to give you a message, and he has to wake me up to bring it to you. I should beat you up. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. But this is the life and hardship of a pastor. God will speak to people through his servants. And so he says these words. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. In John chapter 5, verse 39, he tells the religious people, you guys are reading the Bible a whole bunch. But you know something? This book is all about coming to me. If you're reading this book and aren't coming to the Lord, You're not doing anything. Religious people like to do that. They read their book once a day just in case they don't have a car accident. They don't die. Nobody mugs them. They just want the good luck, the good vibes during the day. They're not coming near Jesus. They're just reading the book. And he says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you're going to find some blessings of life. But all this is is a story of the author of life. This will tell you about him. It's almost like reading the menu at some of your favorite restaurants and saying, wow, that's awesome. And then you get up and you leave and you never eat it. That's crazy. Look, if, he wa- if you're seeing stuff in here, it's because he wants you to have it. And so in verse 40, he says, but you're not willing to come to me so that this might become your reality. I want to play religion just so I could be cool. Just I got to touch base here, but I'm gonna no. Get into the thing so you could find the full expression of everything God has for you. Get into Christ. Come to Him with the fullness of who you are. Um, the cultures of the world do not celebrate life; they celebrate death. Like we said, if you if you travel the world, if you go to Russia, if you go to a communist country, if you go to anything uh, tribal. Uh, Indians, the Muslim we've already talked about, they're promoting death in every direction because they think, okay, death is something we have to pay tribute to because it's strong. We're going to die in our marriage. We're going to die in our families. We're going to die. Our children are going to die. Our future is going to die. Our money is going to die. Death, 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 death. And then Christ comes and proclaims life. And so that's why a lot of people are a little bit bothered with that expression. As they went into... The tribal uh, nation of Ecuador, they found a, a tribe called the Alcas. You know what the Alcas did? Whenever a young man was old enough to beat up his father, he killed him. How many want to kill their fathers? Don't raise your hand. You're on, you're on tape. I've got you on video. Listen to me. That's not Christ. Christ wants you to love your dad, to respect him, and to want him to be an old man so that you can, you can you know, take care of him. But that's only in Christianity. If you go to a rock concert today, have you ever seen an old person at a rock concert? They get trampled, man. They're not the, 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 the young people aren't going, excuse me, this guy's old. He only has a couple more years to live. Let him stand in the front. No, that's not the rock you know, mentality. It's not tribal. In the Alka Indians, they would kill all the old people. As soon as you got old enough and strong enough to beat up the guy who was the head honcho, you killed him. And so they didn't have any grandparents. There was no fathers. There was no grandparents. Because once you're 20, 25, you're the strongest. You're, you're, you, you, you can put some damage on somebody. You would kill that. It's a culture of death. Well, guess what? In Christ, it's a culture of life. So the elderly are people that we cherish, we respect. That's what's so phenomenal about the church. If you want to understand that, you stay here for a little while, and I'll introduce you to your greatest lifelines there are, and it's those that are older than you. So that you don't, you're not just hanging out with a whole bunch of young people that all they're thinking are things that are not conducive to life. Hey, let's jump off a building, man. <laughs> hey, you wanna try this new asset I have, brother? That really blows your brains up. See, that's not what God wants you, to, so the promoting of life is in Christ in every expression. You guys all know what happens on the university campuses all around the United States, honey? Yes, sweetheart, I'm pregnant. Okay, so what? Well, what are we gonna do? Are you gonna get an abortion? The culture of death. She thought he was for real. He wasn't, he was just for fun. And so this culture of life comes to transcend the sanctity of life even at its most basic format. And scientists are mesmerized with the fact of how life begins. First, I want you to try to define what is life. I want to give you the answer already. Life is Christ. You're not going to ever live like Katharine Hepburn said. I never lived in this world. I was a, I was a Hollywood beauty queen, a starlight, a movie classic, Extraordinaire, but I never lived life like I was supposed to. I was never a wife, I was never a mother, I never had a family, I never had children. It was all stripped away from me in the fantasy of pursuing a Hollywood career. I don't want that. I want to give away those things in this world that I might receive the life of Christ because you cannot have it both ways. And sad enough, some people figure it out too late and their whole life would have passed them by and they had not experienced the life that Christ had for them. Nicodemus in chapter 3, an older man of the religious community, he came to Christ at night and he says, Hey, listen, I'm about to die. I need help. He says, You must be born again. You must start in Christ. If you don't have Christ, you don't have a life. He who has the Son has the life. He who comes into this, and this is not religious expression. I'm talking about, I'm an incredible father. I'm an incredible husband. I'm an incredible family man. I'm an incredible friend. Only because of one thing. Because of Christ. You become an incredible son. You become an incredible businessman. You become an incredible, just in every representation of life's existence, there's healing that comes through Christ. And that's what Nicodemus was pursuing that night. And Jesus says, I am the author of life. In John chapter 1, verse 4, he says, uh, In him was life. We, we, again, we don't understand it because we're so far from it, we're, we're in a culture of death constantly. Cutting down people, criticizing people, gossiping about people, betraying people, lying to people. All that is a culture of death. And Jesus Christ on Resurrection Sunday came back to seal the power of life in an incredible form. Listen what it says In him was life. And that life was the light of men. It's amazing that all this is contained within Christ. And we don't know it. We don't know how to come to it. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. He who is able to grab onto the Son has the life. He who grabs onto the Son has the life. He who has the Son has the life. Tell your neighbor, hey, do you got the Son? Because if you don't, you're dead. You're dead before you even get started. I want to tell you, I'm 43 now, but I was 16 the day I let Jesus Christ into my heart, and everything changed everything changed my dad was 49 my uncle was 89 when they first came to Christ thank God he came at 89 there's not many men who lived to 89 but he who has the Sun has the life and he who does not have the Sun I don't care if you go to church every day I don't care if you're part of spring of life fellowship if you're not walking with the Sun there's no life in you you can pretend you can warm up these seats you could come every service we have, but if you don't come to Christ, you don't have the life. And He has come to give you that life, which is in abundance. In John three thirty-six, He says, "He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever disobeys and refuses the Son will never see life." Can you imagine that? He who does not believe in Jesus Christ—I don't care if you're Muslim—I was. I don't, I don't have anything against Muslims. I was in Jerusalem in Nazareth in 2007 as I was coming up the door. A Muslim man tried to sell me a souvenir of Nazareth and I said, uh, Jesus Christ wants to come into your heart. He goes, I can't, I'm Muslim. I said, no, no, listen to me. He's knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to come in. Will you let him in? He goes, well, I'll think about it. I said, no, you can let him in right now. Let's pray. He goes, okay. He prayed with me to accept Christ into his heart. We started dancing. The joy came all over him. Imagine, in front, just, just, I just met him. But God is there for everyone. And, and this is not just a select few. He said he's come to the whole world to offer life. But it says, he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God is what he sees and abides in him. So in all these pursuits that we have, whether it's professional, whether it's family, whether it's the expressions of economy, only Christ gives forth that blessing. I want to give you an opportunity to see what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He said to them, Take care of yourselves and be careful, because in this life you might have a desire. Say with me, covet. When you covet something, it's a desire. And you all have desires. We have career desires. We have family desires. We have pursuits. Some of us don't want to ever see a family again because we had such a hard time. But he says, be careful of your desires in this life. For one's life does not consist. Life is not about all the things you can possess. Some of us won't go to church because we're pursuing something that we want to attain. Whether it's fame, fortune, whether it's uh, some type of... Uh, whatever the pursuit is, he says, be careful because you're not going to find it there. Imagine this is not like uh, Jesus is saying, um, you remember that game we used to play as a child? Hot, hot, hot. No, cold, 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 cold. As you pursue many things, it's only when you come to Christ that you're going to experience the fullness of life. He says, be careful. Take heed of yourselves, for one's life is not found in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Listen, there's only one thing worse than than finding yourself in the pursuit of things. Ready? I'm going to tell you. Ready? There's only one thing worse than finding the pursuit of things is when you have obtained them. Right now, there's an emptiness there that you think you're going to fill when you possess something. When you finally possess whatever you're pursuing and you find, hey, I thought it was a husband... And it didn't fill me. I thought it was a family. I thought it was having a child is going to help me. Hey, your pursuit not achieved is that expectation. When I get it, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to find the life. But he says, it's not there. As soon as you grab a hold of it, you're like grasping for the wind. What happened? My life is gone. And so Jesus is giving us this warning. He says, it's not in that. And then he begins to give us an illustration and a parable and he gives an illustration in a parable, which is a little short story, to try and teach us what he's trying to deliver. He says, then he, he told them a story about, a land, verse 16, the land of a rich man. You know who a rich man is, right? A rich man is one who lacks no resources. I, could, I don't need God. Look, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to get, that's a rich man. And it says, the ground for the rich man yielded plentiful. Are there results outside of God? Yes. Are they life-significant achievements? No. Once you have everything, you're going to see how poor you are. Because life is not in the abundance of the things we possess. He says, this man yielded plenty. And I consider that this, this is the worst judgment that could befall any man or woman that you would be prosperous in your life without God. That you could, all your dreams, if you have all your dreams, you put them down and you get them all, and you're like, man, I have them all, but it's still not who I was created to have. It was still not in line with the order of my creation. Look at this I have a family. My dad had a family. He had a career. He had money. He had children. We all had health. Everything is fine and dandy. And what's going on? There's no life. You can't enjoy the expression of what God has for you. So he says there in verse 17, and he considered and debated with himself. He he thought within himself. This, you can say, is an imbecile. Say imbecile. One who only thinks to himself. He doesn't ask God. He doesn't read the word of God. He doesn't go ask a man of God. He's not calling upon the spirit of God. This guy, he's a, a self-sufficient little machine. Urgh. I think, oh, thank God you think. I thought you were, you know, brain dead. But listen to me. Thinking to yourself is the worst thing you could do. Because you don't, you don't gather the richness provided in Christ. His word, his spirit, his counsel. Don't ever think that you know it all. He thought to himself, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? I hope that you have somebody there that will give you godly advice whenever you need it. I hope the man fears the Lord whenever you're asking and considering what you're doing. You know what he did? After he considered himself, in verse 18, he says, this I will do. I'll pull down all the things I've done, and I'll have larger goals. See, I already have an airplane, but now I'm going to buy the Concorde. I'm gonna buy a shuttle. I'm gonna see, so so it continues to expand. This guy is pulling down all his established dreams, and now he's pursuing greater ideas. That's, that's sad. There I will store my crops and my goods. There is one's gonna be the expression of life. And he says in verse 19, I say to you, I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many things here upon. gathered up in many years take it easy eat, drink and be merry but listen what God's advice is in verse 20 God said to him you fool tonight you're going to check out tonight you're going to come and see me I was at the Miami Heat basketball game sitting in the front row and I said Lord I'm not here to see Dwayne Wade I like Dwayne Wade but I'm not here to see Dwayne Wade. Who do you want me to talk to? And across the hall there, down a couple rows, was um, a gentleman by the name of George Perez. He's one of the wealthiest contractors in Miami. And I said, I gotta go tell him. If you die tonight, everything stays, and you gotta sit there and talk with God. So I made my way over there at halftime. I said, hey George, how you doing? My name is Joaquin Molina, and this is my card. I wanna talk to you about a serious matter. He says, you, what, what's going on? I said, if you die tonight, everything stays. And you're going to have to give an answer to God why you had the expressions of so many buildings, so many business plans, such a great future without my plans. I would like to talk to you about that. You know, he was mute, right? He says, I didn't come to the basketball game to listen to this. I gave him my card. And the man sitting next to him was the city manager of the city of Miami, Joe Jose Ariola. He says, I'm interested in getting right with God. Can you give me a card? Let's go have lunch. And we went, we had lunch, we talked about it. Here's what God says, you fool, tonight your soul will be required. Then whose will those things be which you have pursued? Let's stand this morning. My desire as you celebrate Easter Sunday, that you know that the author of life is Christ, that life is found in him, our life is in him, The secrets of his pursuit and his plans have already established. You don't even have to figure out your pursuit. It's already established. He says that life is in the seed. Not in an Easter egg. In an Easter egg, the devil wants to give you a couple pieces of candy and you're done. But he wants to deposit the seed of glory. He wants you to have the seed that is the potential of life. I'm sad about all the churches giving out Easter eggs. Not because I'm mad at the Easter bunny. But because so many people are being stolen. So many people are not hearing the message you just heard. That Christ once again says, come to me, that you might have life and have it in abundance. Beware of your pursuits on the earth, because they're empty and vain. Hunter Thompson, editor of the Rolling Stone magazine for years, he he covered every high and mighty rock and roll guy. He was the man. He was it. He was cool. The 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and at the late, I think it was early 90s, late 80s, the man decided he had lived the life that you could live in this world, which the Bible says it's gone. But those that are in Christ abide forever, not only in this life but in the next. And we leave this legacy of life to our children. Not only do we tell our daughter goldfish can live, our marriage is going to live our family's never going to die. My relationship with my sons will be perpetual and my grandson's after them. They will learn a culture of life. They will remove everything that is sin in their life because sin leads to death and destruction. Everything that God has ruled us not to have sex before we get married is because He knows the consequences of a broken relationship or the consequences of an abortion. He knows the deep-seated hurt of loss and doesn't want us to experience that. As we... In this service today, I hope that I've done a little bit of my job in desiring that you would pursue life. Being part of the church is a privilege. We invite you, if you're serious about pursuing Christ, to continue to come to our church. We want to give you the pointers we've learned. And we want to continue personally um, pursuing all those things that pertain to life and godliness. The promises of God are huge. I don't want to say but I hope that you're able to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your family and to see that like a seed because it doesn't happen overnight like a seed that's planted he says unless the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains alone but if you die to yourself if you die to your plans if you die to everything that you hope and your dreams and you just give them over to God he promised this he says he who loses his life will obtain true life. And that's what's happened in every expression of everyone who's ever come to Christ, wherever they have been, in every format. Father, we give you thanks today for your goodness in this place. Lord, I know that you've, your supernatural grace is here, Lord, because what's happened today has been r- miraculous, Lord. To be able to convey this message to families, to young people, To elderly people, Father God, is is the hope we have in you. That which you've extended on that day of resurrection when they went to look for you at the tomb and you were no longer in the grave. And you rose and you told Thomas, stick your hand, look at my scars. Look at the marks of the crucifixion. It is I who have come back from the dead, taking the power of death and destroying it forevermore. So we say, oh death, where is your sting? and grave where is your victory you can't touch us anymore we abide in him who is life we have been able to enjoy that victory Lord pray for your blessing upon each person here if you would like to receive Jesus Christ if this message was for you can you raise your hand I want to pray for you real quick we're running a little bit behind God bless you raise your hand don't be as shy I want life I'll raise two hands I want it all I want what God has for me just raise your hand because I want to pray for you I want to do what they did for me when I was 16 years old and I didn't know where I was going to end up and how I was going to end up but I thank God that that day I needed and I wanted and I desired his life as you raise your hand I'm going to pray for you one more time raise your hand Father look at each person who has his hand lifted high Lord Father I pray Lord that they might cross over from death to life that they might cross over supernatural by the way that you have provided. You have brought us to a new and living way where now life is incorruptible, indestructible power of life for all those who believe and come to you. I pray, Father God, that their sins might be forgiven, that their words might be words of desiring your life, Lord, not religion, Lord, a walk with you, not just one day of the week, Lord, but every single day of the year. That our thoughts, our words, and our actions might be consumed by your person, by your presence. That your Holy Spirit might be embodied in us, O God. And that it would revive and bring all things to life. And we'll give you thanks for what you've done here today. As your blessing upon every family, Father God. Healing upon every marriage. Restoration upon every business venture, Lord. Restoration and reconciliation on fathers and sons. And that this culture of life, Lord, would pass on to our belongings, to our animals, to our crops, to our business relationships. That you would breathe your life into all things for your glory. We give you thanks for spring of life, Lord, which is a ebb and flow of your life in this town, Lord. Your kingdom upon the earth, Lord. Prosper us and bless us in all things we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I congratulate you.